Good morning, everybody. Are you guys well? Wonderful. To everybody online, good morning. It's good to have you as well. To Kate and the crew behind us in the main hall, welcome. It's good to have you guys as well. Yes, can you hear that? Woo-hoo! Did you hear it? That's Kate. Can't keep her down. Anyway, so it's really good, friends. As Brent said, we are at the penultimate episode of this I Am series. And uh, it's incredible to be up here preaching again. I haven't had an opportunity. Well, actually, I lie. Let me rephrase that. I have had the opportunity, but haven't been available to preach. And so it's good to be back again, and it's good to be sharing God's Word again. Friends, this morning, I want to continue the series. I trust that you've been enjoying the I Am series. Show of hands. Have you been enjoying it? Has God been speaking to you? Has God been challenging you, friends? You see, I've enjoyed this, friends, because every week, literally every single week, we've had the opportunity to be reminded about the greatness of God, who God is, who God's character is, and who God's person is, friends. Every week, I've literally been challenged to deepen my understanding of that element of who God says he is. Some of it, I've had a fair understanding, and others, if I'm honest with you, I've sort of glossed across the surface, and as the preacher's been sharing, I've been challenged to go, hang on, I need to know God in a greater and a better way in this area, friends. And more and more in this season, friends, I've been challenged that not only do we need to have a head knowledge, information, and not only, friends, do we need to have revelation of who God is, but as I shared on Thursday, is, friends, the journey needs to go from our head to our heart to our feet, In this season, friends, God needs to be seen displayed in our lives. Through the decisions that we are making, through the things that we are doing, God, who He is, needs to be on show. He needs to be on show. Just like you drive around and you see there are houses for sale, on show, on show, on show. So, friends, the world needs to be able to look at our lives, each and every one of us, whatever the context is, and God needs to be displayed in your life. Because that who is, that's who God wants to be, friends. Daniel eleven thirty two. In a very tough situation that Daniel found himself in, he says this, but the people who know their God, who know their God, not just at a revelational or information level, but at a lived out, the people who know their God will be strong. And I don't know about you, but in this season, I need all the strength that there is. And knowing God brings strength, friends. But not that only. It says those that know their God, speaking about the enemy, they will be able to resist him, Mike. Will be able to resist him. There are translations that say that they will do great exploits. And I don't know about you, friends, but I would love to have a life about that, that is about great exploits for God. Psalm 9 verse 10 says those that know your name, we've referenced this before, they will put their trust in you. Those that know your name. I don't know where you are at the moment, but maybe you're on that cusp of saying, Lord, hanging on, white-knuckled. You need to know God, friends. Put your trust in Him. Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots. We've heard this verse. Some trust in chariots. And some trust in amahashi. Horses. Some trust in chariots. But what do we trust in? Tell me, what do we trust in? Absolutely. We put our boast and we trust in the name of the Lord, friends. And so revelation, information needs to be indwelled but outworked in this season. 
And I challenge you, friends, over this series, go back and do some, go, go and do some reflection again. Jehovah Elohim, our God, our Creator, Jehovah Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Sabaoth, Jehovah Elion, all those I am statements, friends. My challenge that I put to myself and I put to you this morning is, am I outworking that in my life? Because if I'm not, then I need to go and dig a bit deeper, dig a bit deeper. But anyway, this morning, friends, I want to have a look at Jehovah Hosinu. Hosinu. I love when I was trying to, like I suppose many of us have done actually, you go onto, onto Google to try and understand how on earth is this word pronounced? It's Hosinu. It's like you have, clearing, thank you. Like you need to clear your throat. Hosting you, friends. It's Jesus, our maker. Jesus, our maker. And as I, as I dwelled on that this week, friends, I just once again was just, Scott, Scott spoke about being overwhelmed by love. Just being overwhelmed by not who God is, but in, a, in addition to who God is, what he wants to do, friends. What he wants to do. So many of these speak to who God is. But this, this morning, I'd love to speak about who God is, but also what he wants to do. You see, Jehovah Elohim speaks to God, our creator. Jehovah Hosinu speaks to God, our maker. Not the same thing. Jehovah Elohim, a specific name for God. But another name, friends, is Jehovah, our creator. A father who wants to create a father who wants to take us and not leave us at the point that we are now. Hear that, Johan. Morning. Good to see you, bud. I need you to hear that this morning, friends. Is that God himself is not wanting to leave you where you are right now. He's not. He is fully committed, friends, to be the good shepherd, to lead you, to take you into more of what God has for you. Something better, something significant, something different. So I'd love for us to pray, and then we're going to get stuck in. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, that your word is living and active. Hebrews tells us that. I pray this morning that your living and active word would go to work, Lord, in our lives. And that, Father, what flows from that, Lord, I pray, Father, would be living and active and ultimately would be glory, bring glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, friends, let's tuck in quickly. Isaiah 64, verse 8. It's just the text around which I want to frame much of what we're going to discuss this morning. But Isaiah 64, verse 8, it speaks about a making process. It says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay... And you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. Other translations say we are all the works of your hands. So just a couple of statements there up, friend, up, up front, friends. Just some simple things. You are our father. Lord, friends, can I say that you can trust in the Lord your father. You can trust in the Lord your father. We heard this morning, he loves you. He loves you more than you can currently comprehend, but yet we, we, we look to know more of God's love for us, friends. He is a good father. We are the clay. We're going to chat a little bit more about that. But we are the clay. Scripture is very clear. 
You are the clay. You're not the potter. You are the clay. Understand your role. It goes on to say, speaking about the heavenly father, you are the potter, the master potter. Genesis to Revelation, the whole Bible, friends, it tells us about God who creates. God who takes, who shapes and who molds and who forms and who fills and who outworks. He is the master potter. And I love this one. We are all formed by his hands. His hands. I needed to hear that because so often, friends, my life has more of my fingerprints on it than God's fingerprints. I don't know about you, but I had to come back and say, Lord, in this area, I need your fingerprints on my life, not my own. In that area, Lord, I need your fingerprints on that aspect of my life and not my own. So why does God want to make us friends? Why does God want to make us? If we are introduced as Jesus, our maker, why does God want to make us friends? Well, the simple thing is, is that God wants to take what already exists. As I I alluded to earlier, he's not satisfied with leaving you in your current status quo. He wants to make you better. He wants to take what already exists. Hear that this morning, simple truth, and he wants to make it better, friends. He is our maker God. He works with what already exists, friends. You see, so often we come to God and we say, well, one day, Lord, when I am, or when I have achieved, or when I have become, this morning, friends, can you, can, I'd like you to hear God works with what you have right now. There is no reason to take your life and put it on hold. There's no reason to take your marriage, your relationships, your business, your, your, your job, your health, whatever it is. There's no reason to say, well, one day, Lord, in the future, God takes what he has now, friends, and he works with that. He's able to redeem He's able to make better. You see, friends, if, if God was all about just redeeming us, saving us, then at the point of praying the sinner's prayer, guess what would happen then? Whoosh! Straight up to heaven. Straight up to heaven. We would pray the sinner's prayer. We would say amen. And if God was just about saving you, that at that point, you would go up and be with him in heaven, friends. But scripture is full. It's full of direction that says that that is the starting point and God wants to journey with you, friends. An incredible man. I had the privilege of meeting him personally once, Dudley Daniels. He made this statement, friends. He says, it is more important what you get saved into than what you get saved out of, friends. And there was a context to that statement, But I love the heart of that statement, friends, is that God wants to take you from your point of salvation and he wants to walk with you and he wants to journey with you and he wants to grow you and he wants to shape and mold you. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, speaking to the prophet. God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. 
This verse is referenced often, but I believe this morning, friends, you need to hear that. Plans for good, not for disaster, friends. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. Ephesians 2 verse 10, one of my, most, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, for we are all God's workmanship. Certain translations say his masterpiece. He has created us in new in Christ so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. And every time I read that verse, friends, I'm reminded of the order, the sequence of that. God created stuff for you to do, Scott, then he created you. Storm, God created stuff for you to do, and then he created you. You are perfectly shaped, perfectly formed, perfectly created to fulfill all that God has for you because he created you for that specific purpose. Not random. Not random. Hear that this morning. Not some sequence of events that, well, not even, that, that, that fortunately came together and produced a you. I knew you before I formed you. Fred. I knew you before I formed you. Still lots to do, Fred. Still lots to do. And I'm not just speaking to you, Fred. To many of us this morning, friends. A plan and a purpose. You see, when we take that perspective, friends, that in everything God is working, everything, the good and the bad, and we'll chat a little bit more about that. But in everything God is working, when we take that perspective that we are not randomly going through life and that life is happening, but God is in control and He's directing and He is shaping and He's molding, when we carry that perspective, friends, it somehow gives us the grace to be able to walk through tough situations knowing that on the other side, there is an outcome that God has determined already. And He wants to shape and mold me through that. God has a purpose, a plan, and a process that will not just save a servant, but will secure a son, friends. Not just save a servant, but establish a son in the house if you, if you choose to yield to the potter this morning. So that is why God chooses to make us. So who, the obvious question then, who is he wanting to make us like? Who is he wanting to make us like? Well, tempting as it might be, friends. Do you think God wants to make us to look like Chairs over here. We all have to, friends, at the end of this process of going through a making, the end product is chairs. Aish is the right word. Or Brent, the holy man of God. Do we all get to look like Brent? Or Yolly or Scott or any one of us, friends? No. Let's turn to Romans 8.29, friends. I think we're stating the obvious here, but it needs to be, the, 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 the statement needs to be made, friends. Because the world out there says, as long as you look like this supermodel, or this internet influencer, whatever that is, I don't even know what that is. As long as you look like Kim Kardashian, I think, I don't know. Or you get to run like whoever runs or jump or whatever it is, friends. As long as you look, that is success. That is the pinnacle. Aim for that. Friends, it is wrong. It is wicked. It is 
delusional. Excuse me. Romans 8.29. It says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and chose them to be like Jesus. Jesus, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers. So friends, let's make it clear and let's end it there. We don't strive to look like our spouse. We don't strive to behave like someone else. We strive to be like Jesus. God is fully committed to that. Will we be fully committed to that? So what lies will stand in our way? What will we need to overcome? Many of these, if I'm honest with you, I've had to work through these at varying stages, friends, in my walk with the Lord. I'm too far gone, Lord. If only you knew my past. Maybe if only you knew my present, Lord. You know what? At one stage I was powering. And now it seems like, Lord, I've hit reverse. I've hit neutral. If only you knew my present. You wouldn't even want to begin a making process, friends. Can I tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell, friends. Romans 5, verse 6 to 11, tells us, And this hope, we will, this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. We've heard that this morning. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill all our hearts with His love. Sorry, not 5, 6. So verse 6, here we go. So when we were utterly helpless, Christ came to us at just the right time and died for us as sinners. Christ didn't die for you as a convert. When you were in your worst position, Christ came to you and died for you. Your history does not matter. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been right in God's, been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice. Now we can rejoice. No matter where you are, friends, God can come and intervene, wants to intervene. You're not too far gone. Ephesians 2 verse 8 tells, speaks into another lie, friends, that says, I need to do this myself. I need to be able to pull my life up by its bootstraps. I need to be able to pull my own socks up. And yes, there is truth in that, friends, but the greater truth is that God is still at work. We read that this morning. God is at work. He is doing that in you, and he's doing that through you. Another lie, friends, is that we were not created to change. Not created to change. That we find our, we find our, our lane, we find what's comfortable, we find the routine that works, and friends, we are constantly changing in Christ. Constantly changing in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that in Christ we are a new creation. Let me find it. 5.17 
This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun, friends. So God has overwritten and he's brought a new life. And he says, now let's journey on a journey of change. And then lastly, Philippians 2, sorry, Philippians 4 verse 13 speaks to it being too difficult. It's too hard, Lord. You don't understand. This thing that I'm in, I don't know if I can overcome it. It's too difficult. It'll take too much effort. I don't know if I have the energy. I don't know if I have the time. Philippians 4 verse 13, friends. 4 verse 13. That with him, we can overcome. With him, we can overcome, friends. There are many, many more verses that we can reference, friends, that speaks to the lie that Satan wants to convince you about, about why you should not be on a journey of change. I just listed a couple of them, friends. I'm not sure where you are at, but go and find God's truth that dispels the lie and continue with your journey of change, friends. So quickly, how do we respond? How do we respond? Well, we saw in Isaiah 64, it spoke to, we are the clay, he is the potter, and we need to stay in his hands, friends. We are the clay. Well, Genesis 2-7 tells us that we are literally clay. Literally clay. It says, from the dust of the earth, you and I were created. I'm not sure where you think you came from, but the Bible says that from the dust of the earth, we were created, and to the dust, we will return one day. We are literally clay, but figuratively, friends, we are clay in the potter's hands. I once had the opportunity of watching my sister. She does pottery. And she was working with a lump of clay, shaping and molding it on the potter's wheel. And there's a whole lot of analogy that you can bring with that. To be shaped means that you've got to be in motion. The potter's wheel turns around and around and around. It comes with motion. It comes with pressure. It comes with the potter's hands on the clay, friends. But it comes with the clay that it can be shaped. And when, when the Lord was speaking to the nation of Israel, taking them out of, the, out of Egypt and taking them into the promised land, Time and time and time again, he, he, he referenced the thing of testing their hearts, friends. Testing their hearts. How malleable, how shapeable, how much could they form their hearts, friends? Could God form their hearts? And he speaks about their, hard, their hearts got hard. And when I began to look at my own life, friends, I came up with a whole list of D's. Division, when my heart's divided, when my heart's distracted, when my heart's discouraged, when my heart's disappointed, when my heart's disillusioned, my heart cannot be shaped as it should be with God, friends. Your heart, God says, I take out a heart of stone and I give your heart of flesh. Why? So that we can journey together. We can journey together. And I'm not sure where you're at at the moment. Maybe you are discouraged, disappointed, divided, distracted, disillusioned. I don't know. It's time to do business with God this morning and say, Lord, would you take this hardness out of my heart? And would you give me a soft heart, Lord? God is the master potter. Simple statement here, and then I'll move on. Don't take yourself off the potter's wheel. He's the master potter. Trust his hands, not yours. And then finally, we are the works of your hands. 
We are the works of your hands. Jesus modeled this, friends, when he called his disciples in Matthew 4. Matthew 4. He was going along, and he was, he was selecting his disciples. And he came to Andrew, and he think he's, I think it is Peter. He came to Andrew and Peter, and he said, Come follow me, and I will make you. The forming is in the following, friends. The forming is in the following. Jesus modeled that so well. And guess what? The process is still at work in your life and my life. We are formed when we follow. When the clay is in motion, friends, God's hands can shape and mold us. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Won't you stand, please? And so, friends, just very quickly, I'd like you to just take maybe 10, 15 seconds. I trust that in this sharing of this word that God has spoken to you, and I trust that there's a response that is needed. And so, Father, this morning, Lord, we want to be a church and we want to be a people, Lord. We've heard that you love us. We put our trust in you, Father. The new covenant is a covenant of trust. We trust the potter this morning. Lord, would you come and highlight in our hearts and our lives what it is that you are wanting to do, what, what it is that you are needing to do. And I thank you, Father, that as you work in every area of our lives, leaving nothing as it is, status quo needs to change. I thank you, Father, that you shape and you mold us. And Lord, you say that you create us to be vessels to be filled with your Holy Spirit and to be filled with your glory, Lord. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your purposes. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, uh, Quentin. Just before I pray and, uh, and wrap up in a prayer, really just felt this morning or this week as I was praying, we don't want to just hear about the power of the gospel. We want to see the power of the gospel. And really felt today that uh, there might be some people who, whether it's healing in the body, whether it's forgiveness of sins, whether it's breaking of bondages, we'd love to pray for some folk this morning. So uh, I'm going to be here with some of the elders, and we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. So if you want to join us, if you're in the building, you can come through and join us. If you're online, you can uh, get the church WhatsApp number, and we'll pray for you through that. But uh, we want to see the power of the gospel, not just hear about it. Amen? Amen. And uh, Father, I want to thank you so much for... Just your word to us this morning. Thank you. You didn't just create us, but now you're making us to be more and more like Jesus. What an amazing truth. And Lord God, we want to come with surrendered hearts this morning. We want to lay ourselves like living sacrifices before you, before you and say, come Lord Jesus, would you come and make us more and more like you. Thank you, Lord God, that as we go, we know your gracious hand is upon us. Thank you that your name protects us. Thank you that the power of your name keeps us safe in Jesus' name. And God's people say... Don't forget, there's giving options here. There's boxes at the door online if you want to give. There's a tab at the top or on our website. May the Lord bless you. Hope to see you at Premium on Thursday. Amen, everyone. God bless.